Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 67. This one, I feel like, has such a big buzz around it. Like, we kept, we're coming off the Super Bowl. We came off just a pretty solid interview last week. We've got really good reviews from it. We actually had a write-in from a listener of the show, someone who's been following along pretty closely, Michael Nevin. He just shout out and basically said, like, that was a great interview. So it's always good to hear feedback like that, you know, like lets us know, Hey, keep having more people on like that. So a little positive reinforcement, uh, yeah, feels pretty that. good, but and it's good. Like, man, I wasn't a big soccer guy still, like still, I'm not a big soccer guy, but it's just cool. Kind of reaching out to see what people in other sports are doing, like listening to his career yeah, you, path. You like yeah. learn a little bit, you know? Yeah, man. hundred yeah, percent. So it's kind of cool getting to hear that. But I feel like this one is really cool. To This episode is going to be really good to talk about because I feel like we're going to both get really passionate about it. I know for, I literally spent like the last like two days, maybe, maybe day and a half, like legitimately researching, looking through list after list after list, compiling things, going through stats, statistics, records to find like what I'm going to put in this list. And it's because since the Super Bowl, like Tom Brady puts up his seventh win and everyone starts talking about who's the greatest athlete of all time. Like it just automatically gets thrown out there of yeah, he's the greatest football player of all time, but is he the greatest athlete? And so much debate has come from it. So I kind of just thought like, you know, maybe it's time we debate and figure out who our greatest athletes of all times are. So that's coming up later in the episode, but pretty pumped about that. Yeah. It's been, it's been a long debate, even in our, like our guys group chat that we got going on. We, we brought it up recently and shit hit the fan. There's the whole, and it's <laughs> yeah. some, somehow, some way it just reignited the LeBron versus, versus MJ like debate. Yeah. Like it just, well, it's like, just going to come up no matter what, man. Yeah. You, we yeah. could be having a debate about like apples and oranges and it'll somehow turn into MJ LeBron, like just yeah. snap of a finger. It goes there. It's not even a question. So, but, uh, Last episode, we didn't really do the player v player battle, but no. I think we ought to get back into it this one. But that being said, like last one was such a unanimous decision Dude, of who the winner no was. There's no way Mario could. He's like, he's like six foot six, like 245, too. Like he's yeah. a rig. He's yeah. skilled. He's got that like Quebecois, like finesse. Dude, he's got yeah. it all so dominant and you know it's funny too when when we were talking about it i was like yeah there's obviously one person you think of and as soon as i said it you you just like and you're like josh was saying if you go on the greatest nhl players to wear each number and like look at the list it says uh number 66 mario lemieux runner-up josh saying <laughs> no come on because well, no one else like wore it like, yeah no one can really wear it it's just like, oh shit okay it's done yeah, it's just off the off the books. Yeah, and so. then I, well, there was a whole like thing like when Josh Hosang won, if he how he's the runner up is beyond me because you'd think that there'd be like an NFL player or something. No, no, it was just deserving. hockey players on this list, not like oh, athletes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like no, no one else wore it, man. Maybe that's why he picked it. He's like, I'll, I'll probably be on some sort of list for best players to wear sixty six. Yeah, <laughs> but like, no one, no one would pick it though. I don't know no. how you could. And there's a whole buzz about like. Should it have been like retired or like just out of respect? Like, don't pick it. Yeah. And then, well, it's like, like, I saw, show me me the rule that says I can't wear it. And then I got, oh, I guess you guys there. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, so this is, you're going to think this is one of the dumbest things ever. I saw this on Twitter. Uh, You know, like Jesse Puyarvi plays on that Minton Oilers. Mm -hmm. When he came here the first time around, he was playing, he was wearing like number 98, I think, in Edmonton. 98 like what what's the significance it's, it's just 98 it's just a number right it's a birth year so 
fast forward, he goes over to Finland, plays there for a year, comes back. He's playing this year. He changed his number. Uh, I think he's wearing 13. Could be wrong. Regardless, he's not wearing 98 anymore. Some guy on Twitter, he's a legit like sports writer from Edmonton, said this is the best thing for him because now he's not wearing number 98, and it was so close in relation to Gretzky's 99. First of all, numbers don't mean anything. You can put <laughs> any number on any player, and they'd still perform the same way. Yeah, Secondly, exactly. Like, what the hell, man? Like, so what's the difference between McDavid wearing 97? That's his birth year. 98. That's what I was saying. Year. That's and what if you're I was born in 1999. I'm sorry, you're just shit out of luck. Like, you just can't wear 99. Yeah, tough. And I was also thinking, too, I'm like, if you want to play that card, like 97, 87. Oh, is he trying to like up McDavid or Crosby? You know, like you can like, look Dude, at that's it. Been like, a thing. Yeah, it's been it's, a thing every yes. single year. Like, for as like, long as I can remember, man. Like, well, you obviously got Crosby, probably started the whole year trend with, with 87. Yeah. Then yeah. since then, off the top of my head, not like I have a list here or anything. I actually don't. Not being yeah. funny. Like, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 93. 93, yeah. Alex Galchenyuk, 94. 95 is a, is a tougher one. I think it's just a weird number. Numbers that in five and like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't really think I can't of anyone who wears 95. Hmm. Especially because it's their, if it's their birth year too. 96? Isn't Nico Rantanen a 96? <laughs> yeah, maybe. He but is, he born in, is he born in 96? Let me check. Yeah, he was born in 96. There we go. There you go. <laughs> so it's just McDavid, so common for guys to wear their birth year. Yeah, yeah. Man. Like, it's just a thing. And who cares? Who cares? And, and the fact that like, it's not even like he's threats. wearing number 99. Like, you know what I mean? He's not going into Edmonton and wearing that. And he's not it's going not in there the wearing number. number. What's the problem, man? Like, no, this is such BS. I'm like, this yeah. is so stupid. This so guy just, stupid. like, made something to write about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> let's get yeah. into number 67 number battles. This one, we're going to do the cup stacking competition. Would, would you call it speed stack? The speed stack. So you get the mat, you put your hands in the timer, and you can release, and the, the clock starts. You Okay. So break yeah. it down. What like Because I'm even a little bit unfamiliar with the competition. You basically okay. take the cups, stack them up into a pyramid, and then break them da- back down There's into the pile. There's a sequence. I'm pretty sure with like the whole speed stack thing. Like I used to do it in like elementary school. I don't know. Just had this. It was a huge. It was really popular for that during one period of time. Probably when and, the uh, uh, the cup song was going off from. Uh, see, I don't even know what the cup song. Yeah, I have no idea what the cup song was, but. I just knew that this was something that was just kind of like spreading around and like people did it and tried to compete with one another. And like, I think there was some demonstration or some like competitive cup stackers that came to my elementary school. And at that point I was like, Oh, like, fuck it. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Regardless, I'm pretty sure it starts off with like three. There's a whole like sequence you got to do. I think it's like stack three one six then three and then separate them and then do two piles of six. Okay. And then you put those down. Fuck, whatever. Re- regardless, it's cup stacking. As fast as you fastest. can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, without further ado, here we go. Our number 67 competitors. Our first competitor was drafted 22nd overall in the 2007 NHL entry draft by the Montreal Canadiens. He's won an NCAA title in his one year at the University of Michigan. Having played 10 seasons with the Montreal Canadiens, he then moved over to the Vegas Golden Knights where he's currently in his third season. He's put together 565 points in 773 career games played over 13 NHL seasons. A six foot two. 205 pound left winger from New Cannon, Connecticut, 
Maximilian Max Pacioretty. So that's his actual name, Maximilian. Maximilian. And our second competitor. He was drafted in the fourth round of the 1969 NFL Draft by the Philadelphia Eagles. He made his way over to the Miami Dolphins, where he then spent 14 seasons, making six Pro Bowls and getting inducted into the Miami Dolphins Honor Bowl. He's won two Super Bowls of the Dolphins, one of which being their infamous undefeated season. A six foot two, 250-pound guard from Gary, Indiana, Robert Bob Kuchenberg. So there we go. There's our two. There's our two competitors. Both guys with shortened names. Honestly, like I don't know what I was thinking, but I would have never put together the fact that Max Pacioretty's name was actually just Maximilian. You yeah, know what I mean? That's, like I feel like, like that's like <laughs> his name's just Max. I would just think like yeah, yeah, his parents probably just named him Max, not Maximilian. And he's not like his heritage and like background is probably some type of like I, I don't know like foreign influence but he's from america like he didn't come here from overseas like so you just i would just personally think like max pacioretty but regardless maximilian versus robert in the cup well, stacking competition i like max pacioretty i always thought was like like <laughs> i know he's american but i always thought he's a little like just he just, French, <laughs> yeah, French. I just because he played like, for the Habs. That's no, all it, it is. Even, it, dude, it wasn't even. Well, maybe it was, but I didn't think it was because he played for the Habs. I thought it was just because like he just gave me French vibes, man. Like this guy's just like <laughs> he just looks French, kind of like Pacioretty's kind of like. Is it French, Maximilian? Like I don't know. There was just something about it that just he just seemed very, really French to me. It could have yeah, been just enough. because, just because he. Uh, it's probably just subconsciously, just because he played for the Habs. Yeah. And I know we brought him up. We brought him up earlier uh, yes. in one of our previous episodes yes. because he's the brother-in-law of Maxima Finnegano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yep. Yep. I forgot about that actually. Oh, there here it is, man. Here it is. See, I wasn't wrong. I'm on his wiki page right now. His mom. Oh, sorry. No, his his paternal grandmother, Teresa Pacioretty, is a French Canadian from Montreal. Ah, there you go. Okay, so there is. Yeah, there's some French ties there, and his uh, mother is of Mexican origin. He's got got that Mm. tan. He's got that. He's got that olive skin, that alabaster skin. So, there you go. Now we've dug into his actual (laughs) into his actual heritage. heritage. We've solved the mystery. Miki, who wins the cup sacking competition? And um. I'm gonna give it to Maximilian here. I just think that uh, his, his Quebecois blood is is good. It's built for that. I can't I can't really trust uh, Kooks with with a finesse game like that. That was a football player. Yeah. I just he's probably just got like brick hands that he just uses for blocking and stuff. Like I can't I can't imagine him being a successful cup stacker. I know what it takes, and I think uh, Max is taking this one home. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was thinking that uh, Kukenberg might be able to take this one because I, I think we talked about it before. Like, you know that off, like the offensive defensive line guys, how they have, they get their hands up and then they're like doing the whole That's like true. wax yeah. on, wax off type thing. So yeah. I was kind of thinking that in the back of my head, but then so like the speed of their hands. But then you kind of just mentioned a point that I hadn't considered before prior to is that despite how fast their hands may be 
they've definitely just got big knee hands. <laughs> so his ability to like pads. grab the cups is probably not ideal. Like Patrick, he's probably got them. yeah, he's got hands soft as butter. So Kukenberg has the speed. But like Pacioretty's gonna have speed to go with it, but he's also got those soapy mitts. Like he's got the caress. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna be able to caress the cup softly and not break it and smash them around everywhere. So I'm with you on this one. I think Pacioretty beats Kukenberg in the cup sacking competition. Yeah, I think he just got like soft hands yeah, along man. with the speed. Kukenberg might beat him straight up in the speed, but the actual ability to like in coordination to stack the cup, I think uh, Pacioretty takes. It's just. I think so too. It's just, uh, dude, his hands are too big. <laughs> too yeah. meaty. He's just, yeah, man. He's I the think, type of guy uh, who, like, have you ever heard when NHL fighters have described other fighters' hands as, like, bags of sand? Have you heard that? Yeah, kind of. Because, like, their hands, they break their hands so much that it just gets <laughs> to a point where, like, their bones are, like, almost just, like, mush. And their hands are just so heavy. <laughs> they That's just say so like their fun, hands are like man. bags of sand. It's like, like the Sandman from Spider-Man Two or Spider-Man <laughs> Three or whatever the one was. Yeah, uh, dude, have you? Is it just me or have you noticed like an increase in hockey fights this year? Yes, I I have like hundred percent. I hundred percent like, have. Over the last, and you two know years, what's crazy too, uh, is a lot of the fights are happening like. Uh, I don't know if they are staged, but like in the in the sense of being staged, like three seconds like, into like, a game, like they used to be. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Off the draw, three seconds into a game, right off of face off in the ozone, or like in off an offside or something, and like two tough guys come over the boards, line up beside each other, look at each other, and they're going. And it, that yeah. just we haven't seen that in a long time. I feel no, like. man. And I feel like we attribute like you got to attribute that to like I think there's two guys that come to the the, the front of my mind when I think of like. The resurgence of hockey fights in this NHL season, and that's Delorier on Anaheim. Yes, and dude. <laughs> Curtis McDermott on LA, man. That guy's yes. a nail. They fight the every time they play against each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's electric. It's electric, man. Those and are the guys Smith. that I was referring to that yeah. fought three seconds into the one game. It was into the first period too. Not even like some shit went down in the first period and they started in the second. Like not straight up first period. Three seconds in. They just went at it. And I'm pretty sure McDermott is a defenseman. Yeah, he is. So Delorier, a forward, and then defenseman. Like, they aren't even lining up beside no, man. each they, other. They knew they he knew comes it's... in on the draw and just the Owen Nolan point at the corner, which he's going to shoot yeah. at. He just points at the defense and they point at yeah. each other like, yes. <laughs> and they, lie. They, man, they know what they're doing. Like, they got the good stance. Like, they just circle a few times, sizing each other up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, it just reminds me of, like, old old school hockey. Well, I guess yeah. as old school as we can remember when like fighting was a little more popular in like the early to mid two thousands. But yeah, man. It's kind of interesting. Cool. I love to like, see it. Do you think do you think that it's strictly based on the fact that the divisions are playing against like it or the divisions are tightened up so you only play the same teams like a certain number of times? Would you like attribute to that or why do you I think don't know, is? man? I don't know. Cause like Because the thing is last year there was more fights than normal, I thought too like more fights than the previous season. So it was like a slight progression or slight like raise in the numbers of fights from one season to last season. And then this season, it just seems insane. Like, dude, I don't know what the cause of that would be. Like, I don't think maybe the division thing is you see a rival all the time. You like, you go more often, you just hate their guts. But at the same time, like maybe people are realizing there is like a need for enforcers and it does bring a little something and like especially you wouldn't just have a guy who's only there to fight like obviously delorean like 
and McDermott like, can still hold their own in the NHL. It's not like they're only there to like throw hands. Yeah, still, he's still, still a good forward and still a good defenseman, respectively. And obviously, not the star players of their team, but like, you know what players. I think is kind of interesting too is I feel like in the past couple of seasons, the way the NHL went was kind of like star players are going to be the star players and guys are going to take cheap shots at them. And it's up to the star player to stick up for themselves in a way, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like it's up to the star player to say like, Hey, don't do that to me. Like if you wanted that to not happen, you got to fight. Whereas like the previous generation was like, if you touch this guy, like I'm going to kill you or I'll, yeah. t- I'll go after your skill guy, whatever. And then in last season and into this season, it's almost more so of like, it's not going crazy with fights. It's not taking up the entire game. It's not like taking away from the game at all, but it's almost that intimidation factor of like Matthews can go out there and score 11 goals, 12 games after playing 12 games. But if you, if you throw a cross check at Austin Matthews, Wayne Simmons is going to punch you in the face. You know what I mean? Like there's almost like that level of accountability to where it's allowing the skill players to, to play more of their game because they know like, this guy's probably not going to kill me in the corner if I go to get the puck because not only might he get a penalty, but someone's coming off my bench to like break his nose a shift later if he does. So it's almost just makes those guys a little more accountable. I kind of like it. I don't know. Yeah. It's just Dude, my I love personal it too, perspective. Man. I love it too. But I think, I think there's putting too much pressure on Wayne Simmons to be like an enforcer. And yeah, he's a tough guy, but the guys also put up like 60 points in the league. Like, yeah, he's well, also put up sixty that, points in a year. Like he goes, he's not. He can do more than just fight. Yeah, but I think though that he's just like comfortable in his role in Toronto. That's my yeah. just like just based on watching. Oh, like sure. he is he he's obviously injured right now. Like while we're talking about this, he just got injured in like two games ago that they played or a game ago, whatever. Broke his hand out for six weeks, but he he is he had five goals up until that point. Like last year, he yeah. only had eight goals total. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's, I, I kind of just think he's like more comfortable. Like he's getting to play on that top power play unit, getting to play with players. He's probably never played with of this skill level before. And he's just like having fun, like go out there and hit guys level Quinn Hughes behind the net, fight, (laughs) (laughs) fight, like score goals, just play the game of hockey and get to enjoy it. So I kind of feel like that's part of it. I don't really know. I'm, I've been entertained by the hockey this year. Yeah, me too. I'm all for it. Then you got Giovanni Smith, good old 98 lad that I used to play against in minor hockey uh, with the Gordie hat trick last night. And I think it was like, did he actually? Third, yeah, man. He, he, he just like threw down Aaron Eckblad. Wow. Yo, yeah. funny story about Giovanni Smith. Um, I was playing, I think maybe peewee hockey and guy on my on the team titans, right? on the titans yeah, yeah <laughs> on the titans him, yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh it, he was on the sends at this time uh, yeah i think that's right so he yeah. guy on my team skating down the ice he gets across center right-handed shot on the right-hand board so his right shoulder is along the boards right gets across center shoots the puck and dumps it in as he shoots it his right hand obviously through following through as a right hand shot comes forward Giovanni Smith goes to hit this guy and cause he kind of stopped after he dumped it in no fault of Giovanni Smith. Like I'm not saying I'm not implicating him in anything. Like he obviously didn't do this on purpose. It just kind of happened. And it's just happened to be him that did it. He goes to hit the guy. And because the guy stopped up when he goes to hit him, hits his hand and smushes it with his stick and against the glass between his shoulder and the glass and his stick in the middle. 
popped the guy's finger open. Oh, like just pinched it straight it up, pinched the finger, pressure pop, boom, like banana peel oh, split on the top of his God. finger. I'm standing at the door. He, the guy comes skating to the bench, opens the uh, goalie or whatever, trainer, whatever, opens the door, and he's just like holding his finger open like this, and it's just split. And I'm like standing there looking at his finger, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, this thing was just split life. open, like bleeding everywhere. And I was like, like 13 whatever at the time like yeah. holy shit what just <laughs> happened <laughs> yeah yeah and That's it was just it was giovanni smith like obviously he did nothing wrong like was he supposed yeah, to do you know what i mean it's just a little dm so you get yeah. sammy to reach out for us <laughs> yeah that red wing connection that was kind of funny like i didn't i actually didn't know he had a gordy how hat trick so congrats to him yeah man yeah congrats to him it's huge he seems to be tearing it up in his uh, early days as a, as a detroit red wing so man hopefully uh continues to to play well and not ruin any more fingers. <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into this. I don't think we can put it off for any longer. We talked earlier in the episode, kind of referred to the Super Bowl. Straight up, did you watch it, McGee? What, what were your thoughts did, on the man. game? I, I did How'd watch you feel? It. What I, were you doing? Um, I watched the game. Had a big nacho platter to his uh, love yeah. and life. I don't know, man. I thought it was kind of underwhelming. Like, I, it's just... It wasn't as exciting as Super Bowl games prior that I that I remember watching like growing up and even like recently. Right. Um, obviously, like, I'm happy for Tom. It's pretty cool. And some yeah. of the stats like 18% of all Super Bowls ever have featured Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, that any good? <laughs> um, yeah, and he's won. I guess seven of what I think it's like he's won like 12%. Yeah, wow. I think it's like 12% of all Super Bowls. He won seven of. Yeah. Yeah. So, seven of the I mean, ten he's been in. <laughs> yeah. So it's damn good for him, man. Good for Tom, legend, living legend. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as the game goes, I feel bad for Mahomes, man. It just seems like his, his defensive line really wasn't helping him out much. Just scrambling all game. Even that one throw, though, like he threw it like perfectly horizontal. I was just it was still a cannon of an arm, man. Yeah, when he was he was like face down at the ground. Yeah, it, like yeah. sideways Side towards the end zone. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like a perfect toss. spot on, spot on. Yeah. The receiver just didn't catch it. It hit him in the face mask. It goes between yeah. his hands. Yeah, he had that all night. Like if you go back, if you like, for those who watch the game, like this guy was throwing darts. He was on the run every single snap, running away from uh, like the uh, the box defense. And was still throwing missiles, and his like receivers just couldn't catch all game. It was insane. Yeah. Like great to like see, kind of get to watch and witness like Tom win that seventh one. It's like it's insane. But from that, it kind of sparked the goat conversation, as we like alluded to yes. earlier. Yeah. Um, I think so. McGee and I kind of prepared a list of our five greatest athletes of all time and then we'll go through our lists some honorable mentions and our like some of the best write-ins because we put it up on our story for people to write us in and like discuss what they think yeah and we, we talked so, about michael nevins before kind of reaching out but he he reached out about our alistair johnson interview said we did a great job with that and he enjoyed it but then we got like over 30 responses of people replying to our stories messaging us directly whatever the case may have been and that's what that's what helps our show go around. We will we'll be shouting out some of you guys who participated. But yeah, we really yeah. appreciate it. I only have one guy that I can definitively say is like number one in my personal opinion. Okay. This is the guy I'm talking about. I'd say 
he's probably just number one. Um, I think he's kind of widely considered one of the greatest athletes of all time by pretty much anybody, regardless of if they have him number one, top three, top five, top 10, like whatever people, I would just generally put him in the conversation of greatest athletes of all time. I think, but once I did the research and started finding stats and records and all these things about this guy, it was like, okay, this is flat out like the best to me. So that guy for me is Michael Phelps. And I'm going to just read off some of the things that this guy has. So he has the all-time record for Olympic golds with 23. The all-time record for Olympic golds. golds. Yeah, 23 golds. Is that any good? All-time records for Olympic golds in individual events, 13. All-time records for Olympic medals in individual events, 16. He is the most decorated Olympian of all time with 28 total medals. Like there's a ton more here to back this stuff up. It's insane. His Olympic dominance is just something that's like completely unparalleled. Um, 2004 Athens Olympics, he tied the record for most medals of any color, one in a single Olympics. He had eight. So the record was eight. He tied it, six gold, two bronze. The following Olympics, 2008 Beijing Olympics, he sets the record so he once again ties the record for most Olympic golds and most medals in an Olympics. And this time he sets the record for most gold in Olympics with eight. Beats so he ties, ties his record of eight medals total. Yeah. And says, yeah, six gold, two silver or two bronze. That's cool. How about I just win eight gold right on everyone's heads this time? So comes in, sets those records, goes 2012 Olympics. He wins four gold, two silver, 2016, five gold, one silver. He's so at the end of every Olympics, they determine the most successful athlete of the Olympics. He was the most successful athlete of the Olympics for four consecutive Olympics. Four yeah. consecutive. And you know what's crazy to me? He didn't win a single medal in one of his Olympics. In in this 2001 Olympics or the 2000 Olympics. 2000? Whatever, wherever that was, he didn't win a a medal in that. I didn't even know he was in it. Honestly, he was in one. He was in another Olympics, and had he won in that one, he would have been even had more. But oh no, shit. But I mean, like to think he didn't win a single medal in an Olympics, and then that pure level of dominance. Dominance. Yeah, he took it personally. Yeah, (laughs) I took that personally. Okay. Well, here's another thing: in major international long course competitions. Michael Phelps had 82 medals total of those 82 medals. And across the Olympics world championships and the Pan Pacific championships, 65 of 82 medals were gold medals. 65 of 82 were gold, 14 silver and three bronze. Like these numbers are insane. World swimmer of the year, eight times more than anybody ever American swimmer of the year, 11 times more than anybody ever. Retired after the 2012 Olympics, but made a comeback in 2014, and then was the U.S. flag bearer. When he finally officially retired in 2016 after those Olympics, he retired with more medals than 161 countries. Countries. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's 
insane. Here, like, this is just not even, it's not a stat or a record, but it's just a crazy thing to throw in there. During the 20, 2008 Olympics, he people thought he might be doping. Like, how, who the hell is this guy? He's winning eight gold fucking medals. So he voluntarily signed up for the anti-doping program, and it allows them to just be, like, tested more than anybody at random, whatever. He tested nine times. Every single time he tested negative. Yeah. Dude, I remember watching like a feature on this guy like during the 2008 Olympic Games. And it's like Michael Phelps was literally born to be a swimmer. Like he's got the upper body of somebody. Well, I think he's like 6'4, but he's got the upper body of somebody who's like whatever, 6'5, six, 6'6, six, six, and the lower body of somebody who's six foot. So he's got like, stubby legs for his size. He's got size like 16 feet. So just flippers. And he's got like a seven foot two wingspan. He was made in a lab. Yeah, dude, this guy was already born to be a swimmer. We, we talked about Connor McDavid born to be a hockey player, but even that like doesn't come close to how perfect no. Michael Phelps <laughs> is for swimming. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's insane. I can't all the stuff. And I think like for us, the way we're more looking at it is like, yes, obviously athleticism plays a huge part in what our, our criteria is and like actual physical athleticism. But like, I think a big part of our criteria is records, statistics, accolades, yeah. accolades awards, dominance, like sheer like dominance in the sport, how much you win, how many like those. And this is just unparalleled, like nobody. And part of it too, is that I think when you look at these people that are going to be in our list, not only are they, were they that dominant in their time period, but these are numbers and stats and records that are going to be so, so, so difficult for anybody to ever break. Yeah. You know, like if someone comes along and beats these Michael Phelps records, then that person is probably going to be in the conversation for greatest athlete of all time. You know, like it's like one of those things. It's like, if that person comes along and does this, they're going to launch themselves in that com- conversation. So I don't know. For me, that's my like, that's my greatest athlete. I I think like, I I don't know. It's just so hard to just say like, he isn't, he's so dominant, such a force in all sorts of international competition and the Olympics, like the biggest stage in the world. He, he owned it. So Michael Phillips, that's my number one. McGee, let's hear who you got. All right, well, if you want to talk individual accolades, I'm not saying this man is number one on my list by any means, but he is in my top five as greatest athletes of all time. Okay. And it may be as a surprise to some people, and may come as a surprise to some people, to learn that that man is major league eater Joey Chestnut. (laughs) Joey Chestnut. Let me tell you a little something about Joey Chestnut. He's currently ranked first in the world by major league eating. Okay. He's six. Foot. I love that league title, by the way. Major yeah, league. Major league. Yeah, MLE, baby. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear a little bit about his career. Okay. So he was a, a university student and just entered a deep fighter spirit cheating championship. What? He, 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 okay. So he basically just a, a nobody out of university. He beat a high ranked rich Lefebvre by eating 6.3 pounds of asparagus in 11 and a half minutes. That same year, as a rookie, he ate 32 hot dogs with buns and placed third behind Kobayashi, as everybody knows, and Sonia, the Black Widow Thomas, who's this little woman who can somehow just eat a lot of hot dogs. Crazy. In 2006, he just gets better. Same contest, 50 hot dogs. And I I believe he 
Yeah, he came first that year. He came first that year. 2007. He drank a gallon of milk in 41 seconds. You know how crazy that is? <laughs> Remember like the milk challenge where you had to like chug the milk and try yeah. not to puke? Yeah. Yeah. Man, in, in 2007, won the wing bowl at 182 chicken wings in 30 minutes. This guy's versatile. 241 wings uh, in, in 30 minutes. <sighs> and then every record, like Kobayashi goes, breaks a record. He comes right back, takes it back. <laughs> and then beats his own record again. 2009, 10 and a half pounds of macaroni and cheese in seven minutes. <laughs> he Come won the on. shrimp wonton eating competition in Singapore. He won in 2010. He secured his fourth straight Nathan's hot dog eating competition. Let's fast forward. 2020, he won his 13th title at Nathan's hot dog eating competition, eating a record-breaking 75 hot dogs with buns in 10 minutes. The record is still undefeated today. And on August 1st, 2020, he ate a 9-pound pizza in 32 minutes and 14 seconds. And this guy, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any sport, other, maybe other than golf, that tests you both. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. Professional eating is the most mentally demanding and physically demanding. You know how much pain this guy probably goes through? Oh, the God. Mental, the Dude, mental training the physical of you overcoming. Pain. <laughs> the physical pain and just you convincing yourself that you can eat more even though your stomach's already like stressed. Well, the mental concept or mental problem too would be, A, you can keep eating no matter how full you are and mm -hmm. B, that you are going to be able to physically handle the aftermath of having to eat all of this food you know like yeah, you know exactly what i'm talking about like yeah those are two massive mental obstacles this guy is overcoming <laughs> to be able to accomplish those feats so yeah, absolutely <laughs> insane impressive he goes he trains by fasting and by stretching his stomach with milk water and protein supplements since the start of his competitive career his weight's been up and down from 225 to 240 pounds uh, and he won't stop. He basically he just set a goal for himself. He goes, I will not stop until I've reached 70 hot dogs. He, and this quote, he goes, this sport isn't about eating. It's about drive and dedication. And at the end of the day, hot dog eating <laughs> challenges both my body and mind. And if, if that wasn't enough for any of you, let's look at his world records that he, uh, he holds. Yeah, please. 2006, grilled cheese sandwich. 47 sandwiches in 10 minutes. Horseshoe sandwich, whatever the hell that is. Six pounds and five ounces in 10 minutes. Jalapeno poppers, 118 in 10 minutes. Oh. Pulled pork, 9 pounds, 6 ounces in 10 minutes. That was just from 2007. <laughs> uh, just from 2006. In 2007, 182 wings in 30 minutes. 103 burgers in 8 minutes. 56 sausage and cheese col kolaches in 8 minutes. 45 pulled pork sandwiches. Kolaches? <laughs> Whatever the hell those are, I don't know. Yeah. Pulled pork sandwiches, 45 sandwiches in 10 minutes. In 2009, 5.9 pounds of funnel cake in 10 minutes. Oh he my god. He has for Philly cheesesteak, Pizza Hut, salt potatoes, Taco Bell tacos, buffalo wings, corned beef sandwiches, tamales, apple pie, brain tacos, hard boiled eggs, pastrami, pork ribs, Twinkies, deep fried asparagus, fish tacos, pierogies, pulled pork sliders, turkey, gumbo, boysenberry burritos, euros. Meat pies, glazed donuts, tacos, hostess donuts. I'm assuming it's those little Twinkie things. Yeah. Hot dogs, ice cream sandwiches, mutton sandwiches, shrimp cocktails, pepperoni rolls, pizza, poutine, 28 pounds of poutine in 10 minutes, 
in Toronto, Ontario at the Smokes Poutinery World Poutine Eating Championship. Wow. Big Macs, 32 Big Macs in 38 minutes. <laughs> no. This guy no, 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 no. Say that one again. 32 and 38. Big Macs in 48 minutes. Oh. If anybody here wants to come and tell me that, that Joey Chestnut isn't a top five athlete of all time, I'm going to challenge him to a duel. Like, it's just straight up. I'm dueling Yo, you. Yo, that one blew me away. Okay, the other ones are insane, but 32 and 38. This guy's almost eating a big man. Joey Chestnut is the real deal and deserving oh. of that number five spot on my on my list. That's absurd. A 32 yeah. and 38. I can't get over that. Like the other ones, if they weren't crazy enough, 32 Big Macs in 38 seconds. Like, fuck, that is absurd. Holy <laughs> Dude, shit. It's crazy. It's crazy. The Joey thing, too, about like is... the Big Mac, right? Is that, yeah, okay. Pickles, lettuce, the, the, um, the dressing, whatever you want to call it, condiments. It's all that bread. It's the three slices of bread. Yeah, that's what gets me about that is thirty two, three slices. And, that's and, insane. Yeah, yeah, that's his insane. stomach's and like then, exploding after. Oh, it's got to be thirty two Big Macs are not small burgers. And then I feel like shit eating three McDoubles in twenty five minutes. Like yeah. it's a McDonald's. It's like really chemically heavy. Like just kind of not just make you feel good. Yeah, and imagine thirty two of those greasy suckers. No, no, I don't even want to. Thanks. No, man, no, no. <laughs> no. You, like, if you didn't pull trig after that, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I'm scary. literally, yeah, I'm literally running to the washroom and throwing up, like, ASAP. As soon as they put the last yeah. one in, see ya, thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's my, he's my, he's my top five, in my top five greatest athletes of all time. Just incredible. Okay, okay so. Not even, no one can touch him. The guy's. No, that's true. That's true. Decades and decades of being just an elite eater. Yeah. That's insane. I don't know how you match that, honestly. Like, I don't know how you do. (laughs) Okay. Next here uh, on my list, I've got, and from the rest on of my last four, it's no like particular order, but uh, I'm going to go with Wayne Gretzky, the great one. So, Wayne, we touched on two episodes ago because it was it had been a 60th birthday. We kind of broke down some of the records. But, man, the more you go into it, it is just absurd. The records this guy holds, the stats, he holds, holds or shares 61 NHL records, 40 regular season, 15 playoff, and six all-star records. He's the leading goal scorer, assist producer and point getter in NHL history. Like he doesn't even just hold one of those. He holds all three of them. He's the only player ever to score 200 plus points in a single season. And he did it four times. Only player in the NHL history ever to score 200. And you know, what's even like, it's kind of shitty. It's really, really sad is that Mario, <laughs> Mario came so close. You know how close he came to one ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like that. one post you hit. You're yeah. like right there sniffing two hundred. Final game of the season. You give like an empty net feed to like somebody just for a tap in. Yeah. Like a, just what is that? What the Misses, stars falls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So like, let's go through some more here. Um. Led the Oilers to four Stanley Cup championships. 
nine Hart trophies, which is the league MVP, 10 Art Ross trophies, which is the most points in a season, two Conn Smythe trophies as the playoff MVP, five Ted Lindsay awards, which is the most outstanding player voted by the players in the league. Led the league in goals five times. Led the league in assists 16 times. He won uh, the Lady Bing Trophy five times. As soon as he was retired, they immediately inducted 99, or they immediately inducted him into the Hall of Fame and retired number 99. So they waived the waiting period for you because in the NHL, there's like a three-year waiting period after you retire before you can be inducted. They just waived it. They said, yeah, just walk on down to the hall, why don't you? Like, yeah, thanks for yeah. coming. Uh, he's a member of the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame. No shit. Yeah, he, hope so. Yeah. So here we go. Here, I'm gonna just going to list quickly some of these records because, fuck, man, it's insane. Most goals in the career. Most goals, including playoffs. Most goals in one season. 92, by the way. 80-game season, 92 goals. Most goals in one period. Four. Most assists, most assists, including playoffs, most assists in one season. Ready for this one? You thought 92 goals in one season was banana lands? Most assists in one season, 163. <laughs> That's sickening. It's the NHL. He had almost as many assists in a season as, as Mary Lemieux's highest point total se- point scoring season. Yeah. Come like, on. Nuts. Yeah. He holds the record for most assists in one game. He's set seven in one game. He did it as a rookie. <laughs> Uh, most points in NHL history, most points, including playoffs, most points in one season, no shit, 215 in 80 games, um, holds every scoring record by a center, obviously, uh, highest goals per game average in one season, 1.18 goals per game, 87 goals in 74 games played most assists per game average in a career, one (laughs) whole career. 1.321 1.321 assists per game. He averaged uh, <laughs> 1,962 career assists in 1,485 games played. Assists. Assists. This is not even including his goals. Assists. It's mental. That's insane. Highest assists per game average in one season, 2.04 assists per game. That was the year he had 163 assists in 80 games. Average two points, two assists a game, man. That's not even including the goals he scored. <laughs> like, it's insane. Most 40 goal season, most 40 or more goal seasons, 12. It's also the most consecutive 40 or more goal seasons, 12. Most 50 goal seasons, nine. Most 60 or more goal seasons, five. Which is, and he has the most consecutive 60 or, or more goal seasons of four consecutive. Most 100-point seasons, 15. Most consecutive 100-point seasons, 13. Most this one, this one kind of blew me away, and I don't know why. I think it's just because, like, for those who like really like know hockey, you know, like the difficulty of doing each of these individual feats. So, ready? Most three or more goal games in his career, 50. 37 three-goal games, nine four-goal games, four five-goal games. Like, yeah, not bad. It's just four or five goal games. Longest consecutive point streak from the start of a season. And it, this one also happens to be the longest consecutive point streak of a season. So, from the first game of the season through 51 games, he held this point streak. And this one may like actually rock your socks. 
51 games, 61 goals, 92 assists for 153 points. <laughs> and how many games? 51? 51. Jesus. Most Jesus. guys barely get over like 115, let's say, points. That's even high recently. It's been like lower. I'd yeah, say. that's like the highest high end. <laughs> like nobody had broken like 100. And I remember like a couple of, well, recently they have been, but for the longest time, like it would be rare to see somebody get like 102. Well, I'm pretty sure Jamie Ben got it one year and he had like 90 something points. Yeah, no, there was a couple of low scoring years a few years ago. And then only recently, like it's been yeah. picked up, but 51 games, 153 <laughs> points. Hello. Um, yeah. And then the last couple of things, and this is just playoff dominance. Most playoff goals, most playoff assists, most playoff points, most playoff game-winning goals, 24. 24 playoff game-winning goals. Most playoff three or more goal games. Uh, so in the playoffs, he had eight three-goal games and two four-goal games in the playoffs. that any good? Yeah, so that's, that's pretty nuts. I think that that's that nuts. is just like, it's got to be a lock of one of the greatest of all time athletes ever. Like, obviously, and we both know that like if you were to put him in today's game, let's say he's probably not putting up these kinds of numbers. It's just like the sheer dominance, the records, the statistics that'll never be broken. And yeah, sure. His time of playing the game was different than today's game is. That being said, he did all of this with all of those other guys who had the same yeah. playing field as him. They all had the same playing field and no one came close. Like the closest is Mario. And even a lot of the stats, Mario doesn't touch him. Like it's just, it's just the dominance in the sport that is just so otherworldly. It like, it can't be matched. It's like hard to even comprehend, honestly. It's insane. It's insane. I actually can't, like, dude, Gretz is honestly like slept on as just an, as an athlete, as a hockey player, we already know, but then he had that yeah. race against like Pele and all these other guys who so blew them out of the water too. Like, it's just I guess they were aging. I remember the hell he was racing. Like, I think it was like Pele and a few other like really well respected athletes at the time. Yeah, it's insane. But yeah, man, damn. Okay, so you had two years. I've had one of mine. I'm gonna say like Michael Phelps was third on my list. We've already okay. went over him, so I'm gonna leave. Yeah, it, but just throwing it out there, Michael Phelps was third on my list. Coming in at four for me. I have Jim Thorpe, and I had no idea who Jim Thorpe was prior to James Yancis commenting on uh, our Lads and Launchers Instagram account. What he replied, yeah. and he goes, J- J- uh, Jim Thorpe. I'm like, who? Yeah. So I, I had to do my due diligence. I Google this guy, and I'm like, wow, yep, he deserves to be there. So he was an American athlete, an Olympic gold medalist. He won two Olympic gold medals in the 1912 Summer Olympics in pentathlon and decathlon. He played in the NFL. He played in the MLB. And he played professional basketball too with a team of like Native American guys. He'd go and basically like play games against professional teams because they could, but I don't think they were allowed in the league. And there's this whole kind of like, not great like obviously the racism he probably faced was like probably severe but this guy man like incredible athlete i can't believe like he was just dominant in everything he did yeah in 1999 sorry if you look him up like he looks like a beast (laughs) oh dude i think he's like six foot one 
what, what does it say his size? I think he's like six foot one, like two hundred and yeah, okay, six foot one, two hundred two. He's just like a brick, and for like nineteen twelve, can't yeah. imagine there were many guys with that builds. No, and he would just go out there and, and do everything, do a little bit of everything, track and field, baseball, football. Oh my god, he he he, dude, he was he's a beast, a beast. And then his, his gold medals were stripped because they fi- found out he was like playing some like professional games, but then they reinstated them. Um, but yeah, man, Jim Thorpe, you gotta, you, you, man, you gotta respect the hustle. This guy was out here doing a little bit of everything and doing it well. ESPN ranked him like seventh all time for best North American athletes. He was ranked, um, I think third all time by another publication as, uh, for greatest athletes of all time. But yeah, just the, the, man, he's diverse. Yeah, very. The fact that this guy was so dominant and was able to play in all these professional sports too is insane. Like, you look at guys that play multi sports, and this guy just said, "Hmm, how about I play like three, four, and then I'll compete in the Olympics?" Like, (laughs) it's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Um, Okay, hold on. You said you had your your one, so you had Joey Chestnut, and then you said Phelps was three, and then Jim Thorpe is four. Yeah. So who's who's your number two? My number two is Wilt Chamberlain. I have Wilt Chamberlain at number two. I think it's one. One, he's the highest scoring basketball player of all time. Yeah. And oh, actually, no, he's not. I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My bad. Yeah. Okay. So rebounds has has the most. Or Wilt Chamberlain is the most rebounds. Um, but dude, Wilt Chamberlain, just from the stories that that like I've heard of this guy. He's, one, he's got the record yeah. for highest vert in the NBA ever. As yeah. A, a seven foot guy. Seven foot one, inches. like two hundred and seventy five pounds. Yeah, and can jump forty. He can jump out of the gym with a forty-eight inch vertical. And then you hear stories yeah. of Arnold Schwarzenegger saying that he could like out bench him. Yeah, he said that Wilt would bench five hundred pounds. There's yeah. he said that he said that he would go to the gym with Wilt, and Wilt would do for his warm up sets what other bodybuilders were doing as their max. Bodybuilders yeah. are doing it as their max, and Wilt is out there doing it as warm up sets. I don't know. So like, if any of these stories are remotely true, which I don't yeah. think they'd lie. Like, I don't think this many people would lie about Wilt this consecutively, or yeah. this consistently. I would like to see more uh, like evidence of just the more physical like feats, that were the strength feats, but man, I buy it. I buy it. And if that's the case, if you can bench 500 pounds and jump 48 inches, you've got to be one of the best athletes, like physical specimens of all time. Yeah. He's got well, the I had a hard time. Records to back it up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had a hard time believing the 500 pound bench press one. And then I saw an interview with someone who like interviewed Aaron Donald, you know, that is like the guy for the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. Yeah. He benches over 500 pounds. And then I looked up Will seven foot one, 300 pounds. Like I, I, I seriously like, don't think it's like that far out of the realm of possibility. So even if it isn't 500, I'm thinking it's real, real close to 500. You know what I mean? And I don't think like Arnold is just lying for the sake of lying. Like I don't think he's going to go out there and pump Wilt's tires for no goddamn reason. Like, so yeah, I, I can't dispute Wilt being in there. Um, Because dude, the guy, like you Google him, obviously, and he, he doesn't look skinny by any means. No, like he's no, like a, he looks he's like a solid. healthy build. Yeah, he looks like a And then you have to remember seven he's seven foot one. <laughs> yeah, man. So even if he does look sl- like more slender, think about like per inch of his body and like the weight dispersion and stuff. So 
yeah, yeah. Wilts. That's it, a solid. That's pretty well. Plus the hundred point game, like you can't really argue with that. Yeah. But dude, this guy and and supposed his supposed ten thousand Ks. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Crazy. He works on his cardio too. What, what can't this guy do? But yeah, Will Chamberlain's at my two spot. Okay, you so feeling? you've got uh, Joey Chestnut, Will Chamberlain. No, I got, I got uh, Joey Chestnut in order from five to one, with one excluded. I got Joey Chestnut at five, Jim Thorpe at four, yeah, Michael Phelps at three, Wilt Chamberlain two. Here briefly, I'll go into Tiger Woods. I think uh, Tiger's like sheer dominance in the sport of golf is kind of just insane. Um, tied for first in career PGA Tour wins, ranked second in men's major championships. Turned the age of pro by twenty years old, or turned pro by the age of twenty years old. Like I think that that's just insane. Uh, in his first year of going pro, he won three PGA tour events. And then on top of that, so he wins the three PGA tour events. He wins his first major just happened to be the 1997 masters. And he set it with a record by a record breaking. I love English set it, won it by a record breaking 12 strokes. Like yeah, that's not crazy. one year into being pro and less than a year into being pro, he reached the world number one. And then some of the more like, uh, impressive stats that I think are here is just like how long he held the world number one title. So from, <laughs> from August, 1991 to September, 2004, he was world number one, 264 consecutive weeks. And then he regained it again. So he lost in September, 2004, regained it in June, 2005 and held it again until October, 2010. So 281 consecutive weeks. What was that stat? I remember you sent me like a Zyre golf, that Instagram account, a, a stat about like Tiger Woods. Like if Dustin Johnson like had the world number one for like until Christmas of like 2030. No, no. Okay. Like so the, it's, it's Rory. So yeah, DJ is yeah. even farther behind Rory. If, Rory holds the world number one achieves and then holds the world number one from like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was when I sent it until December of 2030. Only then will he tie Tiger's amount of, of weeks at number weeks one. At number one. Yeah. That's like nine more years. Work. He'd have to hold it because he held it from 99 to 2004, 2005 to 2010. Then he got it back. Uh, March, 2013 held it again till May, 2014. So just the amount of time this guy spent at number one, the amount of weeks that he had it, the consecutive weeks, the, the fact that he had 142, he holds the record for 142 consecutive events played without missing the cut. Like he forced courses to change the way that they were designed so that they get tiger proof the course. Like after he torched that 97 masters, they redesigned it. They made the holes longer. They made it more difficult so that it was tiger proof, like quote unquote, because it was so he just came in and dominated the game. He hit it farther than everybody. He hit it more crafty than everybody. Like he was just so skilled and changed the game of golf. So I think that that's such a dominant factor. And also the way that he just took over and captivated the world and like yeah. popularized golf in a way and made it not like, you know, like a gentleman's oh, club, like, right, right. Like he, he fist pumped and he yelled and he swore on the course and he, and like, he was, he was really into it and intense. And like, it was more than just a, oh, prim and proper, like tip the cap, shake your hand kind of thing. Like it was intense and emotional. And yeah, like people wear guys today wear the tiger red on Sundays and like <laughs> these things wouldn't have happened without him. So 
Tiger is for me one of the greatest athletes of all time. Dude, it's it's. I think they're tough to argue. I think Joey Chestnut may be the only controversial figure in the top five. <laughs> yeah, my top five. But even, I still respect it though. He's got the records to back it up. So, but yeah. Tiger, yeah, man, completely revolutionized the sport of golf. Yeah, hundred percent. My number one is Bo Jackson. I have Bo Jackson as my number one. I'm not going to talk about him all day long. I'm pretty sure most people are like more familiar with Bo Jackson than some of the other people that we may have mentioned. Um. But I'm going to say Bo Jackson, it's, he's got, he's an all-star in two professional sports at the same time. Like an yeah. all-star in two professional sports leagues, the guy literally had to retire because he got injured. Someone grabbed his leg and he was so explosive that they ran like his hip out of his socket. Yeah. He, ex- so, he popped his hip out. Yeah. He was so goddamn explosive. The guy popped his own hip out. They're taking a yeah. stride. Um, man, did track and field. Like do- just dominant track and field college athlete, Bat- or football as well, baseball as well. Man, this guy is uh... yeah. He was very very good. He didn't just play those no, sports. He no, was very no. he, good he at was both. Dominant, dominant, yeah. and be- everything he did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard, especially like those multi sport guys. It's hard to it's hard to disagree or like take them out of your list because. If you can play at the professional level and be very good at the and professional be an level, all-star in both sports. Yeah, it's, it's, and I love it's hard. how he just like retired and just stepped away from sports, and now he just like shoots his bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he lives in some like, about it. Yeah, man, he just like oh, I'm, I don't need. It's this. like Paul Korea. Just yeah, stepped away from like the game of hockey and forgot about it completely. N- nobody knows. Well, and apparently Pavel Bure kind of did the same thing. Like, hasn't touched a pair of skates since he retired. Really? Yeah. But yeah, Paul Korea was just a went ghost mode for a bit. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll just run through my last two because to me these guys aren't like at the same level necessarily as the last three, but I still consider them the greatest athletes of all time based on awards and accomplishments. So quickly here, Tom Brady. I know that that one's going to be a little bit difficult for people because of the sheer, like he's not like the most athletic human being of all time, but the dominance in football, seven Super Bowls, that's more than any franchise in NFL history. One man has more Super Bowl rings than any franchise ever. He holds so many quarterback records, uh, passing yards, regular season touchdown passes, career touchdowns, Pro Bowl selections, most wins combined, most wins regular season, most wins playoffs, most Super Bowl MVP awards. He's never had a losing season in his career. 21 years as a starting quarterback, never had a losing season ever. Uh, 344 starts in 21 seasons, most for an NFL quarterback. Oldest NFL MVP ever. Oldest player to win Super Bowl MVP. Oldest player to be start starting quarterback in the Super Bowl uh, and win. Like it's the the longevity, the sheer winning. And then here's one, this, these ones like I really, really like because I love like the clutch factor of it. Most game-winning drives uh, as a quarterback in NFL history, 61. Most fourth quarter comebacks, 48. And then these ones, most playoff game-winning drives ever. Most Super Bowl game-winning drives. Most four, fourth quarter comebacks in the playoffs. Like these stats just go to show not only his regular season dominance, but it translated into, uh, into the playoffs. And like, he was a winner, man. Like this guy wins and he gets it done. And like, I always, always remember growing up and watching is like, if the Patriots are losing by one score or like less, you know what I mean? Like anywhere from like 
zero to six points. Um, it, you you can't count out Tom Brady if you're giving him the ball. Like teams would gener- like genuinely avoid doing everything they can to give him the ball because if he gets the ball with like two minutes or more left on the clock and he's in a losing situation, the odds of him winning is insane. Like <laughs> this guy just storms down the field and takes command of the entire game. And no matter how quickly the time is going by, he slows everything down and just c- takes control of it all. So that is just like insane to me. I think that is so dominant. And then the fact that he has more rings than any franchise in the NFL is yeah, like banana. It's a little silly. And then last guy here, come on, my guy, Michael Jordan, popularized basketball in the NBA internationally, won an NCAA championship. He had the reputation as one of the league's greatest defenders on top of the fact that he was one of the, like the best scorer in the NBA, won NBA titles in 91, 92, 93, 93, uh, and then 96, 97, 98 after he he had retired after the 93 94 season to play minor league baseball. So he went and played another professional sport, uh, returned to the bulls in 95, led them to those like titles. And in that season that he returned 95, 96 set the regular season win record, 72 wins in a regular season, six finals appearances, six wins, six finals, MVPs, six for six, man on both accounts. I've got, dude, like, it's that's that's pretty. The six for six with six finals MVPs, guy took shit into his own hands. Yeah, seriously, like took, he he took it personally. And then yeah. ten scoring titles, that's an MVP, uh, NBA record. Uh, five M- NBA MVPs, ten time NBA uh, all NBA first team, nine time NBA defensive first team, fourteen All Star games, three steals titles, a defensive player of the year. That same year, he won defensive player of the year. By the way, won a scoring title best defensive and offensive player in the league. Like, hello, uh, career regular season scoring average. He, he holds the record for 30.12 points per game holds the record for career playoff scoring average 33.45 points per game. 1999. He was named the 20th century's greatest North American athlete. He's in, he's also, by the way, inducted into the basketball hall of fame twice. Once as an individual and once as a part of the 1992 USA uh, basketball team. So that any good? He's also the first billionaire player in NBA history. So the reason. So yeah, that's going to be my last on the list of five. So quickly to break it down, uh, my list, Michael Phelps, Wayne Gretzky, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. Those are my five. McGee, run through yours. My top five. From top to bottom, Bo Jackson, Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Phelps, Jim Thorpe, and Joey Chestnut. All right. And then, I don't know, do you want to give some honorable mentions? Did you have any of your own honorable mentions of guys or women who Uh, were just there and didn't cut it? Honorable mentions, I know you had a list of honorable mentions. Well, your list, basically everyone you had on it, minus Michael Phelps, who I had on mine, was in my honorable mention section. Okay. I'd also like to give an honorable mention to Serena Williams and Roger Federer. Yeah. Those, like, just the, I guess the male and female goat of tennis, respectively. Um, yeah, I think they're up there. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's so many players that could could have been argued. Yeah, I feel like there's Even almost LeBron like LeBron is probably on my. I know as much as you hate him, he's probably in my honorable mention section as well. I I just honestly in, in was just doing everything I could to avoid saying his name in this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just yeah, didn't even want it to come up him. once. <laughs> it's done. We're, we're done. we're done talking about him. Yeah. Um, my my honorable mentions again, like I just like you. I have Serena, obviously, Usain Bolt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had Wilt and Bo Jackson. Uh, I, I had Jim Thorpe on my list. But then like even some of the Lewis Hamilton. I don't know. Yeah, like oh, after you said, after you said the hot dog eating, I was like, okay, Lewis Hamilton could be potentially considered because the dominance in his sport, like I, I, if you're going to call major league eating a sport, you, I think you have to call formula one racing. No, a sport. No, easily, easily. Um, Deion Sanders too up there. Yeah. And then like women, Hilly Wickenheiser, Jackie, uh, Jackie Joyner. Kersey is another one that's like widely regarded. She was an American track and field athlete. So there's a lot of people. It's a lot, I think it's just a lot of perspective. It's just yeah. what you, what you would deem your greatest athlete, but that's kind of what leads to the debate. Like that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it an actual debate and less of like a surefire thing. Yeah. The only person that we both had on the list was Phelps. Michael Phelps, but it takes 23 gold medals to get there. Yeah. So like, it, I don't even know if there's going to be that like people who come out and do that again. So Miggy, do you want to go through some of our write-ins that we had? Some of the yes. best ones. Yes, I'd be happy to. Some of these write-ins like gave me a good laugh. Um, again, really appreciate the the fan support. It, it was great to it was great to kind of see what you guys had to say. Um, and some of your answers were were great. Like, and that's how we discovered who Jim Thorpe was. Yeah, exactly. Some of the ones like it's just some of these guys. It's just again, it's like personal perspective. But uh, Michael Nevins wrote in, said Michael Phelps. There you go. But he also said, or any water polo player, a little biased here. Water polo, dude, you ever watch like Olympic water polo? Dude, it's the, the pulling and kicking under the water. Oh <laughs> that my goes God. You're yeah. treading water and like having to catch, throw, pat, like all this stuff, try to score. Imagine being the goalie and trying to like get up to the top corners and water polo. Insane. Like straight yeah. up. I couldn't imagine having to do that. The core and the legs that you'd have to have to be in the car, just everything, man. No, that's that's probably one of the hardest sports in the world. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. Um Liam Sweeney, who we had on for the Christmas episode. Again, there's another Michael Phelps, but he says Bobby Orr, which we didn't even like touch on no. Bobby Orr, really. Yeah, you know, he, like you he kind goes- of yeah, yeah, he like modernized like, the position. He yeah. said, right? Like he, he, plus five hundred ninety-seven with forward-like numbers. Modernized yeah. the position. Yeah, Michael. Fel- and he goes again. He had two submissions. Michael Phelps, twenty-three golds, twenty-eight medals all time, while not meddling in his first Olympics. Oh, okay. That that's where you found that's, that. And that's where, I, that's where I got that because I dude, yeah, that's where I found that. We've uh, got a couple of Serena Williams um, mentions. <laughs> Dean Rayner submits Dean Rayner as the greatest athlete of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Bo Jackson, Jordan, uh, <laughs> Miggy, this is one of your friends here. Uh, Garrett Russell submits saying Tiger Williams. <laughs> yeah, he says Tiger Williams. And I, I messaged him personally. And I go like, why Tiger Williams? And let me just open up the, the messages here. I go, why Tiger Williams? And he goes, um, most pims of all time, ultimate teammate that would do anything to help the team win, even if that meant <laughs> fighting five times a game. And I'm like that dude. That's just not a real like. I mean, it makes a case. Like, if you want to part of being an athlete, it's being a teammate. And I feel like you could be up there for greatest teammate of all time. Yeah, uh, doing whatever it takes to win. Um, so yeah, I love that submission, Garrett. 
AJ Skirving writes in and says Deion Sanders or Bob Hayes. I can't decide. So like again, Deion Sanders was on our page. And actually, if you look up uh do it right now, Bob Hayes, Olympic athlete, kind of just like a legend. If you read it, Robert Lee Bullet Bob Hayes. And uh he national he played in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys, was an Olympic athlete. Two two sports stand out in college in both track and football at Florida A and M University. Like they're again like multi sport athletes who just dominated. So thanks to AJ yeah. for that one. Um, you got Ben Fletcher saying Tiger Woods, Kyle Chalice, Tiger Woods, Graham McLean <laughs> shoots us a message, Mister DeVries in gym class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's one. John Nardone writes in saying Ryan McGee. <laughs> Could have gone pro if it wasn't for my bum knee. Yeah, that's just the classic. And then yeah. Matt Strezos, Pablo Sanchez, backyard baseball. Cam yeah, Odette, Nicole Usain Molina. Bolt. Yeah, Nicole Molina, Wayne Gretzky, Joe Vinchima, LeBron, end of story. And then it was James Yancis, again, gave us the Jim Thorpe one. And my cousin, Adam McBain, he gave me the Joey Chestnut idea. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. what, man? You, you've got a point. I, I had to yeah. look to do it. Uh, yeah. A couple of Serena Williams, Tiger Brady, LeBron from Daniel Colangelo. Yeah, man. Yeah, so Got some good feedback. Yeah, we did for sure. So we'll throw up on like our Instagram posts during this week, uh, both of our lists and include our honorable mentions. And then yeah. just let us know, like, honestly, rip into us if we were missing people or you disagree with our list, like the more controversial, the better, because that's what we're looking for. We want you guys to disagree and have your own opinions and let us know what we missed or why you don't think guys should be in there. Girls should be in there, whatever, like let us know. So yeah, episode 67, I think that kind of like wraps it up for yeah the goat talk episode. That's like just a huge greatest athlete of all time discussion. That took, that was, that was a big one. That was I've been waiting to do that. Like that's, that's some good shit. And that's the, that's the stuff that we we're looking for. Those are records that'll probably never be broken. No stats. Like it's just insane. And the fact that we were able to have both have our own opinions on it is pretty cool. Like our lists weren't the exact same. We only had one guy who's the exact same. Yeah. And I'd like to apologize to Elliot Wood. We, we didn't consider Johnny sins an athlete. (laughs) (laughs) One of the greatest performers of all time. Yeah, performer, the greatest performers of all time. Versatile, versatile actor, but I don't know, man. He's a pretty chiseled dude. <laughs> Works hard at his craft, but no athlete in my eyes. <laughs> all right, maybe. We still, yeah, thanks for the submission, buddy. Uh, yeah, that being said, episode 67. Man, and it's like, like, like you said, it's just a good debate to get into. You always probably just be your own college house, whatever, and like have the same discussion with your boys. Like, what yeah. is it? So here's Philly and I's take. Hope you enjoyed. That being said, catch us next week for some more content. Same time, same place, same launchers. Cheers, lads and ladettes. Cheers.